So we're in the middle of a homily series we are calling Flourish. And we've been talking about flourishing as the goal of the Christian life. One image that comes to mind when I think about flourishing is from the Old Testament, the prophet Ezekiel. Remember the water flowing out of the temple into the town? And everything that the water touches, the trees and the land, uh, it it comes to life. It, It bears good fruit. That's like a person who's flourishing. Everything that they touch comes to life, grows, uh, bears good fruit for others. Even the difficult, even the painful areas, even the failures can become a source of life for someone who is flourishing. Today in our second reading, St Paul gives his own image of uh, flourishing. He says, for anyone who is in Christ... In other words, for, for anyone who is in a, a, a living relationship with Jesus, anyone who's, who's, who puts Jesus at the centre of their, their world, right? for anyone who is in Christ, there is a new creation. The old creation has gone and now the new one is here. Now, when you really take time to think about it, what Paul is saying here is ex- extraordinary. You see, he's, he's not just saying that Jesus changes us. He's not saying that uh, you know, Jesus makes us a better version of ourselves, like 2.0 or something. Right? St Paul is insisting that Christ gives us access to a whole new layer of, of identity. We become a new creation. He gives us a new spiritual character, a new capacity to think and to feel and to live. New, not better not rehabilitated, new, of a, of a different character, from a different realm. My hope is that most of us here have experienced something of that phenomena in our life, how you've come in a relationship with God and, and just something new has emerged in your heart, right? But if, if we want a really great example of this, we just look to the saints, look to their life. They show us time and time again that when the Spirit of God gets into a person's heart, it makes that heart beautiful. And from that heart flows a whole new level of flourishing and fruitfulness and joy. What St Paul is helping us to realise here today is that there are two key parts to the Easter gift that we're about to celebrate in a few weeks' time. Two, two parts. The first part is the Good Friday part. And this is the one that most of us, I think, are familiar with, right? Good Friday, what happens? Jesus takes upon himself all the ugliest parts of our life. He embraces our weakness, our failures, our sin, our guilt, our shame, past, present and future. He takes it all upon himself and and through through his act of perfect love, he redeems it all on our behalf. Right? He wipes the slate clean. He, he, clean. he clears away all of our spiritual baggage. That's Good Friday. But do you know that's only half of the gift? <laughs> that's only half of the Christian message. St Paul says today, For our sake God made the sinless one into sin, Good Friday, so that in him 
we might become the goodness of God, or a better translation would be the righteousness of God. St. Paul's saying that Christ not only set you free from your past, but through the resurrection, he has also opened up a whole new possibility for your future. That second part is, is crucial if we want to flourish. Imagine you had a huge debt that you couldn't pay. Let's say it was a million dollars, right? You couldn't pay it. And so you go to the bank manager and you plead with him. And he's, a, he's you know, he's having a good day, right? And uh, he says, right, no worries, I'll clear it for you. Wouldn't that be lovely, <laughs> right? <laughs> you want to know his number, don't you? <laughs> he clears the debt. It'd be great. But the problem is that you still leave that bank and you're broke, right? You've got nothing. You've got to work hard. You need to regain what you've lost. And in the world of our, you know, um, society and economy, that's, of course, that's understandable. But that's not how it works in the Christian life. When, we, when you accept Jesus into your life, he not only cancels your debt, but he adopts you into his family. And because you are now a son and daughter of his, he gives you the family credit card, right? He does not leave you broke. He does not make you work for his favours. God gives you everything that you need to live like a son and a daughter or a daughter of God. Everything you need to be radically new from the inside out. And that's the story of the prodigal son. I'm not going to say anything more about the prodigal son today. He comes back. He doesn't deserve anything from the father, but what does he do? The father just lavishes everything he needs. He, uh, he comes in his poverty and he just, he just embellishes him with, with, with all of his riches. You see, in the Christian worldview, this is how we truly flourish in life. We flourish as we learn to live from our deepest identity as a son and a daughter, which basically means becoming like Christ. We flourish as we become like Christ, who is, of course, the Son of God. That's what it means to live as a son or a daughter of God, is to become like Christ. And the more we do that, the more we flourish. St. Paul says today, to be made new by Christ is to live as his ambassador, he says. What does an ambassador do? An ambassador represents one country to another, right? In the same way, St. Paul's saying, as we represent Christ to others in the world, that's how we flourish, because we're living according to our deepest identity. Now, this brings us finally to our theme for today. That was all just kind of preamble. <laughs> In this series, we've been exploring the spiritual practices that we're invited to uh, take up uh, and focus on every Lent. Uh, we've spoken a little bit about prayer. and Last week, Father Cam broke open uh, the, the, the topic of fasting. Today, I want to say something about almsgiving, our active love and care for the poor. If our goal is to become like Christ, then this theme today is critical for us to sort of get our head around, to have, a, have a, a vision for. Because if there's one thing that we know about Christ, 
about Jesus as he, as he ministered and moved on the earth. If there's one thing that we know for sure about him is that he had a heart for justice. He had a special concern for the poor, for those people who didn't have the things that society valued, like money and status and possessions and education and good health. That's where his heart was drawn. In, in fact, Jesus not only loved the poor, but even more challenging for us, <laughs> he identified with the poor. Remember Matthew's Gospel, end of Matthew's Gospel, he's teaching his disciples. And he says, um, you know, when you feed someone who is hungry, when you clothe someone who is naked, when you invite the stranger into your house or care for the sick, when you visit those in prison, you don't only do it for them, you don't only do it to them, but you do it to me. See, for Jesus, the poor people weren't just those people out there somewhere that needed help. But he counted them as one of his own. Jesus became one with the poor. So for us to flourish, we need to foster that same heart. Right throughout the scriptures, wherever you look, there are so many examples of God pleading and fighting for the poor. Through the prophet Isaiah, he says, Is this is not this the kind of fasting that is most important? To loose the bonds of injustice, to let the oppressed go free, to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see a naked person, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh, from those around you who need you. And then he goes on. If you spend yourselves, if you give yourself generously on behalf of the hungry, if you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. You will flourish. The first key point I want to leave you with today is that our practical care for the poor is an important sign that we are flourishing. That's how you know you're flourishing. If you ever want to do a little test on yourself, that's how you know. That's how you know you're living according to your deepest identity as a son and a daughter of God. You'll notice that your heart is growing in concern and care and generosity towards others and especially the poor, especially those people who can't repay you. But almsgiving is not just a sign. It's also the way to flourishing. You see... Whenever we live according to, to our deepest identity, whenever we live according to God's plan, God's design, uh, God is able to, uh, to pour his grace into our lives in, in a special kind of way. The, the, the best example that came to mind was, again, from the Old Testament. You may remember uh, the, the prophet Elijah, he was traveling and he was hungry, right? And, and so he, he finds this, this very, very poor widow, and he, and he asks her for some food, right? And she says to him, look, I'm, you know, me and my son are down to our last meal. They were literally dying of starvation, right? But nonetheless, she gets her remaining flour and her remaining oil and, and she pours it out to, to bake a little loaf for Elijah, right? And that's when it happened. That's when the miracle took place. 
It was in that act of generosity towards a stranger. As she poured out the little bit that she had for Elijah, God was able to pour into her life. And she didn't run out of bread and she didn't run out of oil, even though she fed them all the whole week, right? It was in that act of giving, in that act of generosity, that God was able to pour his grace and provide for her in an extra special kind of way. Jesus said in his Beatitudes, right, this is really the heart of his teaching. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I'm not sure how it happens. But there is a blessing that God can pour into our lives only as we pour ourselves out. I don't know. There's something about us giving ourselves um, in generosity and really, you know, um, to the point that we really trust in God. When we give ourselves in that kind of way, it seems to open us up to God's generosity in a way that nothing else can. I suppose that's the story of the cross, right? God, Jesus totally pouring himself out, and as a result of that, a whole new life emerged. It's no accident that the happiest people are almost always, in my experience at least, the people who are most generous in sharing their resources and their gifts and their time with others. That's simply because they're living according to how they're designed, right? They're living according to their deepest identity. So almsgiving is a sign and it's also the way to flourishing. My, my, my final point, I think, is the most important one. Our almsgiving needs to come out of the right heart. You see, if we give to others, if we give to Vinnie's or to the poor or whoever we give to in support of, of, of their situation, if, if we do that just out of a sense of duty, out of obligation, if we do it because uh, it makes us feel less guilty for all the good things that we have, or if we do it uh, to make us feel good about ourselves, then Jesus says, you have your reward. See, if that's our motivation, then it's largely selfish. That's why Jesus said, when you, when you give alms, don't let your right hand know what your left is doing, right? Otherwise, it becomes kind of self-centered. It can't help you spiritually. If we, if we want to be true ambassadors for Christ, if we want to give with his kind of generosity, we need to first be captured by the beauty and the radical generosity of his love. That's the only way. It's only God's love that can transform our heart and change the way that we see and we value others. It's that love that causes us to think more about others and less about ourselves. It's that love that helps us to realise that we are not created to live our own individual lives as we may think we are. <laughs> but in Christ, we are profoundly connected and we are responsible for one another. God has given us gifts and opportunities not just for ourselves, yes, for ourselves, and yes, for our family and our friends, but also for others 
who don't have the privilege that we have. See, this is why we talk about prayer, fasting, and then almsgiving. The order is important. See, when, when, we, when we pray, when we fast, when we create space for God, we open ourselves to that love which makes us into a new creation, that gives us a new heart. I suspect that um, this message today has probably been a bit challenging and, and, and it should be for all of us, including me. But, but I hope that you've been challenged in an inspiring kind of way, right? You, you haven't felt like I'm kind of putting a hard word on you or anything. You, you're kind of like, yes, this is how I'm called to live. I know this is true. I know this is right. If you're struggling to be generous towards others, especially to the poor, for whatever reason, my encouragement is simply to look to Jesus. Allow the beauty of his love. Allow the fact that he became poor for you. Allow that to capture your heart so that in time, it won't happen necessarily overnight, but in time you can flourish more and more as you live as his ambassador in the world. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.